0: Fierce Fem Media. Okay, get. What are you doing? Are you stretching? <laughs> no. What, are you were doing some calisthenics. Yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> I was
1: clicking a little meeting thing on the screen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Looks like you were stretching your fingers. Like one and two, and three, and four.
1: And <laughs> I'm four. Stre- I mean, it's a big deal to record the podcast. I got to stretch first. So, <laughs> here we go. All are right. Are you good?
0: Okay. Good. good evening, everybody. Welcome to the weekly 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 wind down (laughs) we are not weekly i am jackie d the literary lesbian
1: and i'm stacy the new age old school mom
0: and we tried to wait for everybody else but it looks like everyone bailed on us so it's just us two tonight
1: i don't know if we've ever done just the two of us i think we we have once we're funny we're good i think we have once or twice Oh, okay. okay,
0: tonight I am drinking Menage à Trois red blends because I went to Costco and these are like six bucks a bottle. So it is a I steal bought a like case. Costco. I know, it's totally a steal. And you don't even feel bad about like drink because you're like, it's six bucks. What? Yeah. That's like you pay more for a glass of wine. Oh yeah, for want. sure.
1: Yeah. Way more.
0: Yeah. And Menage à Trois red blend, listen, I know it's six bucks a bottle. Solid. I never have a headache afterwards. I never feel shitty. Like, it's just a solid steady choice
1: yes it's Mm -hmm. it's always it's like apothic it's just always good
0: see i like this more than apothic now because this is not as sweet as apothic oh you think apothic is sweet only since i got more into like the cabs and like the darker reds that have that more uh like dry taste to them that now when i drink apothic i'm like oh this is kind of sweet i still like it but it's kind of sweet
1: interesting my palate is evolving Oh fancy. I'm drinking hard shard because it's my fave.
0: <laughs> Every time you say hard
1: shard, it's just I know the shark. It, it's the hard so funny. Speaking of Costco, I just saw this like post about like life hacks for Costco. And there's actually like a handful of things that you can do at Costco without a membership. Um if somebody I know, buying gives alcohol you... is one of them. Yep. You can buy alcohol. Um, you can go to their pharmacy um if somebody gives you a gift card to costco they won't turn you away so that's like Hmm. a way if like you only want to buy like something like oh i only go every six months to load up on wine or whatever your thing is if you have a friend that has a membership that just buys you a gift card or i think you could probably buy costco gift cards at like target um then you don't have to pay for the membership and you can just go get your things you know once every six months um, there were some other things too that you can, I know the pharmacy, the glasses where you get glasses. So wait, done if I, you. if
0: you were to go in with like a $25 gift card, but spent like 300, they still wouldn't turn you away?
1: Ooh, I don't know. You know
0: Interesting. what
1: I mean? Probably not. Yeah. Probably not because why would they turn away money? You know, if you're like, okay, know. then I'm going to put everything back, but $25 worth. Like, I don't think they're going to be like, no. Yeah. I don't see them spending all my money. Oh, another thing that was good. um, Disneyland gift cards and tickets is really good there. Um, You can um, get a lot of two for ones and a lot of like theme park attractions. Um, They said they're actually the best place to go for gift cards and gift certificates because a lot of them are two for one. Yeah, yeah. there were a whole bunch more hacks about how to read.
0: At Christmas time, I buy C's gift cards there because it's like spend 50, get 75. And then we just, we buy a bunch of candy for like out of state family and friends and stuff to send to them. So you get like essentially 25 bucks for free. And C's ain't cheap.
1: Yeah, that's a super good deal. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they do it year round. I do get it at Christmas time. How to read the like the numbers so like if something is ending in like you know it's like $9.25 versus $9.99 then it's on its final sale and it's not going to be there anymore and also the asterisk there's an asterisk in the upper right corner of the price tags that means it's not going to be there anymore and you need to stock up on it if that's mm-hmm. something that you go there for i hate that. that's like the biggest pet peeve i have about costco is that um they don't carry the same thing every time you go, you know, like you could fall in love with a a brand of, you know, whatever chips. And six months later, they don't sell it anymore. I hate that.
0: I I buy all our toilet paper there.
1: Me too. Toilet paper and paper towels. Yeah. Same. Definitely. And then they also said that you have to listen kind of hard, but there is a ding, a bell that goes off. And that means that the rotisserie chickens just came out and people run for those rotisserie chickens.
0: Before the Christmas party, I went there like twice trying to get Costco rolls and they were, they were out of them every time. The, when I went up and asked the bakery once, like, are there days that you guys like put them out? Like, just so I know when I come here and she told me, no, we make them every day, but a lady had just walked up and bought like 30 bags of them.
1: I mean, they are amazing, but that's wild
0: who needs 30 bags unless you like unless they use them at a restaurant and that's what they use
1: yeah maybe Mm -hmm. shit i would they're Mm -hmm. good enough
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. i just went there and got my mom's getting here tomorrow so i went there and bought beer and wine because costco
1: yeah costco Mm -hmm. for alcohol its where it's at Mm -hmm. super cheap Oh, and Kirkland brand. Everybody, I mean, hopefully everybody knows, but shop for Kirkland brand because it's super high-end brands labeled as Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah,
0: like, even their wine, the, like, it says, like, Kirkland on it, but it says, it'll tell you where the grapes come from. So, they have, like, Napa, Kirkland. They have, like, all kinds of stuff that's way cheaper. I was actually going to buy the Kirkland wine. Um until I was like, oh, the Menage a Trois, this time I was there, was like a whole dollar a bottle cheaper. So I was like, nah, nice. I'm just, I'm just getting that. And Normally they're about like the same. So.
1: I know their vodka too. Like their Kirkland vodka. Is it's actually Grey Goose. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then somebody said something about like their shampoo and stuff is like a high-end brand too.
0: Interesting. I didn't know about the shampoo.
1: Yeah. So buy Kirkland
0: all right mom corner
1: well if i'd known it was going to be the two of us i would have had a, such <laughs> a huge list of stuff that you and i could talk about because you and i could talk about shit all day <laughs>
0: um
1: but i did not know so i had only planned on my like 15 minute section of pop culture all right so let's do it first thing maybe we can start about is the Murda murder trial if you have not watched the Murda murder thing on Netflix, the documentary, you're missing out. So I've I watched the first two. I haven't it. watched the last um, one yet. I didn't even. It is such a freaking roller coaster. I think you're I went delayed. in completely blind, had no idea what it was about. I think you are delayed. too. No,
0: you're delayed. Country has Wi-Fi. Yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am, and that's why we keep talking over each other. Hopefully it doesn't become a problem. Um, I'll try to, like, give you time to, like, I, I'll try not to talk over you. Um, but so I went in completely blind um, on the Netflix documentary, The Murdaw Murders. And people pronounce it different. So it's either Murdaugh, Murdog, or Murdoch, And the guy's name is either Alex, Alec, or Alexander. So however you want to say it, I'm going to go with Alex Murdaw. Um, Any
0: way you say it, they're all douchebags.
1: Right. Yeah. They're
0: douchebag murders.
1: Yeah. So the first episode, like, really drew me in because they talk about there's this rich family living in North Carolina. South South Carolina. A huge, is it South? Oh, my bad. Um, South Carolina. They run a huge law firm and they're like fourth generation. People that have run this law firm. And so they're very well known in town. They're in the cop's pocket. They're in with, you know, everybody big in the town. So then the first episode is about the youngest son, who's a teenager at the time. And they, him and his friends go out and they go out drinking and they crash the boat. He's driving the boat and one of the girls dies. So he immediately like calls his dad and they show they got in a car crash at one point and he calls his grandpa to get him out this kid skates through never getting in trouble like just i'm going to call my dad or my grandpa and they just totally paint over anything this kid does this kid gets away with a murder so he immediately calls his grandpa and they they meet the kids at the hospital and they try to pin it on another one of the teenagers as This kid was driving, not the Murdoch. And um, it doesn't, it doesn't work. They figure out they do. It was actually really neat how they did the forensics um, to show where the kids were sitting in the boat to based on their injuries to prove that it was actually the Murdoch driving the boat. But, of course, because of this family, nothing happens to him. He doesn't get in trouble, even though this girl died in the boat crash. So, I was totally, like, sucked into this story from the first episode. The first episode was heartbreaking. It was so good. It was so intriguing. But then they go into um, the other brother, um, the other Murdoch child, Buster. He was being tutored by a kid who was gay, I believe. And there were rumors that they might have had a little bit of a relationship on the side. This kid shows up dead then um their housekeeper who has been like a huge part of their family like a member of their family since the youngest murda was in diapers she falls down the concrete stairs supposedly tripped over the dog and fell down the stairs and dies um and she had just found out that the dad alex murda had a opiate drug problem And had told the youngest son. And so it kind of looks like she um, was gotten rid of, you know. And um, so, you know, he decides that he, Alex Murdaugh, decides that he's going to sue himself, basically, um, to be able to give her sons, the housekeeper's sons, some money to take care of them because their mom died. And she's been such a huge part of their family. He does that. He wins. He gets a few million dollars, doesn't give it to the sons. So he keeps the money. And that family, the housekeeper's family, doesn't see a penny of anything. And then in the the last episode, and I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil it for you because you've only watched two. um, The youngest son and the wife end up shot to death on their property. And, I mean, I'm telling you, this this documentary, you never know where it's going. Um, so, he plays it off. He has this wild story about it being his drug dealer. It's possible that, you know, it could be people wanting money from him. All these different things. Um, but he finally gets arrested and charged with their murders. And that just happened, like... I want to say a week and a half ago that he got life in prison, but the things that like the police force didn't do because they, you know, he had them in his pocket. They didn't go get the AR 15 that shot the wife off his property. They, um they didn't search his property. They, they kind of went and said, okay, something happened and then left. They didn't do a forensic job at all.
0: Yeah, it's uh, wild. So before this documentary came out, I had actually listened to a podcast about these. So it's not, you're not really ruining anything for me. Um, now this documentary is way more in depth. This, the podcast was made by a journalist who is covering the stories. So what I find incredibly interesting about the documentaries, it's, it has actual interviews with the people who are involved, whereas the The podcast I listened to, um, it they only had access to, you know, the police recordings and the 911 calls and like stuff like that. So they had witness testimony and everything, but they didn't have the like one on one interviews the way they do in this uh documentary. And first of all, (laughs) couldn't happen to a better group of people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, right? you, you want to feel more empathy when you see people get murdered the way Paul and Kathy, I don't know, Kathy Murdoch was her name, maybe it was, um, the wife were murdered in cold blood. and But because of what Paul got away with, and not just got away with, this wasn't just some random boating accident that like, these kids were just out having a good time and it was an accident and shit happens he had physically abused his girlfriend. He was screaming at her. Everybody on that boat was telling him he shouldn't be driving anything. And they all just kind of stayed quiet because they just wanted to get home. Um, So like, I know it's easy to have empathy for someone once they're gone, but that whole fiasco, he he walked into every situation pre-wired to think there was no consequences for his actions. And he treated people with such like, flippancy like that there because there was no consequence he never really understood the like grave danger he was putting people in now listen i get it he was 18 years old when it happened 19. teenagers don't make the best decisions and i don't think he deserves to die for something like that like he didn't he didn't hold a gun to this girl's head he didn't like hold her underwater he didn't drown her he was reckless showing off and drunk in drunk not the way you get drunk on like a Friday with your friends. Like this guy had three times the legal limit of alcohol in his system. When, when he killed this girl there, were, but because there was never consequences for his actions, he didn't think twice about getting behind the wheel of, of that boat and putting all those people in danger. Um, The one that broke my heart was the housekeeper. Cause she was the only one that had ever really shown Paul, like compassion his whole life. Like if there was any shred of good in him, it was because of her. And that just, that broke my heart um i know there's some i didn't the tutoring one wasn't in the podcast so i'm interested to to hear about that but it does bring me a significant amount of satisfaction to see this guy go to jail now for these things like his
1: Absolutely. wife and son did not
0: deserve to be murdered please don't send me emails i'm not condoning that i'm just saying like also paul was a dick yeah and how could you not be when that's the dude who's raising you? Like, I mean, he was he was kind of screwed from sure. the start. But the, the fact that he's actually being held accountable is phenomenal. And I just hope they go after all of the assholes that helped him cover it up for so long. Because that poor girl's family, um, they deserve justice. And so does the housekeeper's family. And so does the the tutor's family. Like, all of those more than justice for Paul and the wife, because they were complicit in a lot of the shenanigans that took place. I really hope that all the people that aided him in covering this kind of nonsense up, I hope they're held accountable for it too. Cause talk about just where is your sense of like ethics, man, like on any level, if you to see this 19 year old girl, Mallory, and to see how much like she had ahead of her and how like much she had going for her and all these wonderful things in her life if you don't feel any sense of need to bring her killer to justice like where have you gone wrong in your life like that's your whole fucking job families depend on you to make right decisions they 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 depend on you to do right by them and you're beholden to to these Charlatans that pay you off like that to me is so disgusting. Those people are more disgusting to me than even, even him. Like, because he he grew up thinking he could do anything, but why could he do anything? Because of people right. like you, fucking people. Like I I don't know. I just I I hope they I hope they all have to serve sentences. I hope they all lose their jobs. I hope you know. I Hope they yeah. The even problem. the grandpa,
1: I feel like. Oh hell yeah! Fuck that guy. The grandpa was also very like involved in covering things up. So oh yeah, and let's like go back to what you were saying about his drinking. So this kid's been drinking since he was like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Paul. So Paul's the youngest murder. So he's been drinking since he was thirteen or fourteen, and the one of the girls, one of his friends, actually, it's his ex girlfriend that does a lot of the talking in the, the Netflix documentary. And she says there's a big festival in town and all the kids that they hung out with this little group of teenagers would go to the law firm and they would get like a handle of alcohol from the parents Wild. and they would drink at this festival. Yeah. So, and that was when they were like 14. Mm-hmm. So the, this group of teenagers, it's, you know, three girls and three boys They they've been together since, you know, some of them have been friends since they were toddlers and they told the Murdaws, your son has kind of a drinking problem. They even nicknamed him Timmy as like his alter ego when he would get so drunk that he would be a different person and he'd be violent and he'd be, you know, crazy. So when we talk about this boat crash, they were going to an oyster roast. And he decided that he wanted to use the boat to go because he had heard that there was going to be a a sobriety check on the road. And he wanted to be able to drink at the Oyster Roast, Paul. So Paul Murdaugh says, let's take the boat. So they get out on the water and he immediately, he's funneling. He's actually using a funnel and funneling beers. And they go to the... They go to the oyster roast. They drink there on the way back. He's already too drunk to be driving. They try to talk him out of driving. He stops at a bar on the river and drinks more. And they're like, you are too drunk to be driving. And he says, it's my boat. And like, screw you guys. And he puts them in this terrible position. And I made my youngest daughter watch the first episode for that reason to say, look at this peer pressure like sucks. I get it. They didn't want to call an Uber. They didn't want to have this confrontation with him. I get that peer pressure sucks, but it's not worth your life because then look what happens. And he was so belligerent when the cops come, you know, they have the dash cam on and they have their own personal cameras on. So they actually have footage that they show of um, them searching for Mallory, the Mallory's boyfriend freaking out, which was heartbreaking to watch because they can't find Mallory in the water. um, And they like conveniently lost the little bit of footage where Paul says that he was the one driving the boat. So then when they go to the hospital, you know, the one girl, the uh, Paul's girlfriend at the time, she had cut her hand really bad. So all the teenagers were in the hospital after the boat crashed and immediately Alex Murdaugh is there with his father trying to, you know, cover up this story and going to each of the teenagers and saying, you know, don't talk to anybody. We're going to say that this other kid was driving, you know, all this stuff. And, and Paul Murdaugh is just belligerent. He's so drunk. So when we say that like, Oh, he was out partying and, and crashed the boat this was like a thing that had been happening and that they had tried to talk to his parents about. And his parents just, he was a spoiled brat. That's all there is to it. He was a spoiled brat that got away with a ton of stuff and they were hunters. So um, his girlfriend talks about, they got in a car crash. He flipped his truck and in the truck was a ton of empty beer cans on the floor and rifles for hunting. And instead of calling the cops, they call his grandpa and his dad and they come out and they take all the beer cans and all the guns out of the truck before they call a tow truck to, you know, get the truck out of the ditch that they were in. And she's just appalled. She's like, but she keeps we dating him. Died. Right. And She kept dating him. But she's like, we could have died. And all they cared about was covering up that he had been drunk driving you know so the family set up Paul for failure
0: well i'm not i'm time. not hating on his girlfriend either cuz like she was a teenager too like right. you do you you stay with people you shouldn't stay with when you're a teenager cuz your heart hasn't learned better yet like so i'm not i'm not blaming her for it but at our age now, when you see this young, beautiful girls, like, and I stayed with them, you're like, no, right? (laughs) like red flag in the whole
1: world. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But I mean, I get it because to her, he was like, when he was good, he was really good when he was sober and like being himself and then he would get wasted. And, but that's only an excuse. Like, it's not an excuse for someone who's wasted all of the time.
1: Right it's right. just not, and, like
0: so many senseless deaths
1: right and i completely agree with you that it's so exciting to see alex murdoff finally get what's coming to him because he has acted so untouchable for all of paul's life and probably before that and you know like they ruled this little town so seeing him go under is just it's such great justice seeing these
0: parents though struggle with this loss and being scared that Money will just make it go away. Ugh, it's it's heartbreaking. So I'm, I, yeah, it made me really glad to see Alec, however the fuck you they pronounce the name Alec, Alex, go down, and he's just. Listen, guys, if you haven't watched this yet, he's just not hot enough to get away with this stuff. Like he's just (laughs) fucking not. And neither is Paul and neither is Buster. Like these men, when you think of the quintessential, like rich Southern dude who gets away with everything, I assure you these men are not it. Like they're just not, and I'm not trying to like ugly shame or whatever, but they're not. (laughs) When I was listening to the podcast, I had no idea what they looked like. Right. So you they're
1: good-looking it, assume they're good looking southern
0: guys. Yeah, yeah, I assume they were very attractive like that added to their charisma, added to their ability to talk their way into and out of things like that was my assumption. I was thinking like very Kennedy looking for some reason. Yep. Like, that's what I, I had the Kennedys like in my head. And then to see these people I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like absolutely not. They're not hot enough to get away with this shit. They're just not. Yeah, and They're so ugly they should have to be nice. Right. Like, that. I don't know any other way <laughs> to describe it. Like, when you see these people, if they didn't have money, you'd be like, I bet they're super nice because they're so unattractive that they would have to be.
1: Yeah. And that was when I was making my youngest daughter watch the first episode. My husband came in and watched, I don't know, 15 minutes of it and was like, I don't remember how he worded it, but basically that kid must have a great personality. That's what I'm <laughs> because- saying. The people he hung out with, the other teenagers, those—all three of those girls were beautiful. Oh yeah, heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's it's obvious. Like he must have been very charismatic, Paul, to get. I mean, to get away with what he got away with because he's of his a family teenager and his money. who has a
0: shitload of money and can get alcohol. Of course, he's yeah. popular.
1: Like right, right. It was um, really to be curious. popular. <laughs> I'm really curious to see if anything develops with the tutor. So this kid was tutoring Buster Murdoch. Um, There were the rumors that maybe they had a a relationship going on. But of course, Buster Murdoch had to uphold his reputation. Um, And the kid ended up dead in the middle of the road. His car on the side of the road. They never said they said he pulled over like he had ran out of gas or something or there's something wrong with his car. But that could have Mm -hmm. been easily checked. They could have just checked the gas tank. So I don't know why they didn't say what was wrong with the car. But initially, they wrote it off as a hit and run. But then forensically, when they come in and they reopen the case and they say, let's take a better look at this. He had really loose fitting, like skater type shoes on that. They said if he had been hit by a car, he would have been knocked out of like, absolutely, they would have blown off and his shoes were still on his feet and it was just blunt trauma to his head not the rest of his body um so i'm curious if more is gonna eventually come out of that case because i would love for his family to have real closure too. totally yeah. you know something to do and then and buster is now the only family member out there walking around wow, um, wow. his dad's yeah his dad's in jail and his mom and brother were murdered so He's the only one walking out there. So if they can get him for that murder, the whole family's taken out. And
0: yeah, can't muster up any empathy for Buster. Nope.
1: None. None.
0: Mm-mm-mm. Did you watch? Are you up to date with the Last of Us? I am. What'd you think of that last episode? Listen, if you haven't watched it yet, kick rocks, skip it. And also, what are you doing? How are you not watching it on Sundays like everybody else? I have a four year old. I'm caught up. Like, what'd you think of that last episode?
1: Um, it felt very short. It felt very totally, fast. right. So, so good though. I get. Um, I I like to read the hater comments because how do you not love this I'm show? Like, what you. could you oh yeah, what yeah, could yeah. you possibly be saying? about do you care about what they this say? Show? I'm curious so that I can kind of see, like, the people that are saying there's too much gay in the show is what made me start reading the hater comments. What's gay in this? So there's the one episode of the backstory of Bill.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I know about, Bill and Frank. Right.
1: And then... And then there's... She kisses the... The girl in the mall so that's what made me start reading some of the hater comments like what are people they're saying? they're acting like
0: there's full-blown sex scenes though there's not the most you see anyone do is kiss and that i'm sorry okay i'm gonna stop you right there though because i bill and frank for sure but that one between um riley and l ellie that's such like a teenage scenario that I wouldn't even label her at this point as being like gay. Like I agree. there was such a trauma bond between the two of them. And they had such a close relationship when they had no one else in the world. I'm not saying that I and listen. I've never played the video game. I don't know how it pans out. And I'm not saying that wasn't the intention of the writers. Maybe it was, but even as a gay person, that's not what I took From it, Like, they were just so close. I don't think she had any other way to express, like, how much she loves her. And I don't think she even knew at that point if it was romantic love or just adoration for her, the only person that has been a constant in her life. Like, I didn't read any of that as, like, overtly gay. I just didn't. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, like, the... Uh.
1: yeah, yeah. Listen,
0: so you so, obviously have never met a teenage girl before if you think that yeah, is like right. overtly
1: gay. They go through phases of going, okay, I'm a tomboy. Could I be trans? I am, I love my best friend. Could I be gay? Like, they go through phases of questioning, like, okay. And yeah, she was never so, going to
0: see her again. Like, there's just all kinds
1: of... Right.
0: I don't know. I just didn't read it as overtly gay. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so... I I read the hater comments. I just do. I read all the comments, but some of the hater ones, they say that the storyline is too rushed. So I kind of felt like because I felt like that episode felt like 20 minutes, that it makes me wonder if it is a little bit rushed. Um, Other than that fantastic episode, the... The fact that it was a church guy, like, just made it even better.
0: (laughs) Like, even in the apocalypse, they're fucking ruining and everything, right? So the only thing I will say is, like, someone who also, like, writes stories for a living, sometimes that rushed feeling is because they're trying to make... She was panicked, right? Like, that feeling of, I have to get out of here, like, that I, I need... It, it's almost an immediacy that they want the viewers or the readers to feel also. And that's why you get the sense of being rushed because she felt very rushed. All of it was happening very fast to her.
1: Right. So right.
0: sometimes that's an unintentional consequence of trying to get like, because I'll tell you what, I was like at the edge of my seat that whole episode. Like it was, I I think it's the best episode of TV I've ever watched in my life. Like that was so unbelievably wow, wild. yeah, so unbelievably. And this whole show, I think, is probably the best show I've ever watched.
1: the The other thing that I was disappointed in was, in the end, she um, gets away. She finds out that this guy who claims that you know they just were cannibals for this one person, yeah, no, eh, and then she yeah. finds. She finds kind of a, an icebox full of hanging bodies and realizes, oh, no, they're cannibals for sure. And that's why they were violent and hunting them when they were on the horse at the, you know, the uh, medical facility. They were going to hunt them to eat them. Yeah. So I'm disappointed because obviously that community doesn't know that they're yeah. eating humans and that they're hunting humans. They think that they're eating venison. So I'm disappointed that she didn't out the guy because I thought, what sweet justice would that be? If she brought the guy to the community and said, Hey, this guy is feeding you humans. There are humans in the, in this ice box. And also that guy that you ate last night is um, your dad to the little girl, you know, that's like mourning her dad. Like that was his body. He left her without much of a choice. So I'm disappointed for sure. Yeah, no, he attacked her and she had to kill him for, you know, to survive. But that would have been such sweet justice. I was disappointed that now she's going to leave this community and they're not going to know that, you know, well, I mean, I guess they'll find the bodies. But um, the other thing, I had a funny conversation with my oldest daughter afterwards, is that she gets, you know, Um, Joel's laying there he's been stabbed and he has a gnarly infection and so he's laying there dying and she gets antibiotics for him and she runs in and she's like where do I put this she has a syringe and penicillin and she's like where do I put this and she injects it just into his wound and how lucky she was that you know penicillin can be is meant to be used anywhere uh intramuscularly injected instead of intravenously or subcutaneously. Like, so I'm talking to my, my oldest daughter and I'm like, wow, like that was so like lucky on her part, like that she just happened to do that. And she's like, yeah, I mean, what would you have done? And I said, honestly, like in the throw of the second I would have thought intravenously. And she's like, why, what, what drugs do you get intravenously? And I thought, well, if you go to the ER, You know, that's that you get hooked up to an IV and they give you your antibiotics intravenously. And she's like, that's interesting, because when you get your vaccines and stuff, I automatically think into my arm, my that muscle in my arm. That's where I would put it. And she goes, so if it were me split, split second decision, I would have done it in his arm. And I'm like, weird, because what like penicillin have you ever like, you know, what antibiotic have you ever got shot into your arm? And both of us at the same time were, like, the peanut butter shot in boot camp. Yeah. It is literally penicillin. Yeah. Like, and we were like the whole time. Duh. Yeah. So that really proves, like, <laughs> that really shows you how, like, just split-second decisions you don't think at all. You know, you're just like, what do I do with this? I also thought,
0: so one of the things, and maybe I do view, like, all these scenes a little bit differently because I do write stories, but I thought that was a an incredibly thoughtful example of a way to remind the audience of her age and her lack of experience like in in the outside world versus that she's been in like this really institutionalized environment for her entire life that she didn't grow up in in the outside world like this is all all of this stuff is all she knows So zombies is her entire life. And like, she has been kept kind of institutionalized. So when she finally had like this penicillin shot to, to cure him, she had no world experience. So she went with the most logical response, which is, I have this medicine that can help this wound. So I'm going to put it into the wound. So for all of, like, the maturity and, like, emotional growth that they show in her, I thought that was a really good flash to, like, God, she's still a fucking kid. Like, she's still – Well, yeah, because – Right. But that makes you think unconsciously,
1: When she runs into the people and they say, we're going to take this deer or we're going to take half this deer, what do you want? And she says, I need medicine for an infection. She doesn't even know the word antibiotic. So that just goes to show you Mm -hmm. she's a kid.
0: She's a kid who has been institutionalized her whole life, like she has no point of reference for it the way that even probably your 16 year old does, because she has had a world of medicine available to her that she does not. So I think one of the impressive things about the writing is they do all these little glimpses in without, they don't do it for the sake of the like viewer, they do it for the sake of the story, which is what I think is one of the things that makes it so good because they're constantly trying to give you an inside look into these characters like minds and emotions because instead of you could have easily said I need antibiotics so that the viewer even because you have to write for like the dumbest viewer right like yeah you have to constantly write for like the stupidest person that could be watching the show you wouldn't want them wondering what they were going after they write it for insight into them and I think it's phenomenal like so so good so good yeah i have to tell you those two together the amount of on-screen chemistry and i don't mean chemistry in a sexual way i mean it like they just are so good together you believe what they're really going through and uh, they're just phenomenal actors too like i'm so impressed with the two of them it's such a good show because it's really been the two of them now for several episodes the storyline's right. heavily dependent on their believability of this push and pull of father daughter, and you're you're constantly wanting it. Like what shows are popular because of a, a parent child relationship and like the kind of fragility of that? Not a lot. Not a lot can pull it off. And this right. is, and, this is just so good.
1: And the dynamic of the fact that he lost a daughter in the very first episode, who was oh, when about he Ellie said, "I Paige. got you, baby girl." Uh, ah! the world cried yes <laughs> bro. And it, it's you know you kind of expect him to latch onto her right away as a, a daughter figure because he is a father and he lost his daughter but they've grown in every episode to like into that role instead of it happening right away yeah, he's been broken. very he's been very like closed off to her emotionally where he's like you are my, my charge. I have to take you to this thing. You're not my daughter. You're not my daughter figure in any way. And that hurts her feelings. And that was actually, I saw a TikTok on it because I it didn't even occur to me that when he finds his brother and he runs to him and hugs him and is emotional over finding his brother, you see Ellie in the background and they flash to her and her face kind of falls. So I thought at first, oh, she's a little bit like jealous because now she has to share her friend you know, with somebody else, but everybody else in this TikTok was talking about how no, it's she was hurt because he's never shown her any emotion. And yet now he, he shows this guy emotion and she's like, Oh, you can show love. You can show emotion towards another person. You just don't show it to me. So now at the end of this episode, he finally showed emotion to her and, and hugged her and said, baby girl. So now she's, It just changed the dynamic completely. You know. Now he does have that father figure.
0: Well you almost had to have. That brother come in. To crack the like. Shield he's built around himself. To make him able to be open. To Ellie. So you almost had to go through. Like that sequence of events. For it to show that it's possible. For him. Otherwise because if he would have all of a sudden. Just taken to her. You would have been like that doesn't. We've never seen him show emotion. So it's very weird to see him all of a sudden. Like you have to. They had to chip away at it. That's why it's such good writing. It's such good writing.
1: Right. And they've never had. They've had little situations where it's been. We have to fight against a zombie. Or another person. But they haven't had a a point. That's actually been life and death. Mm -hmm. Serious. like. So for him to like see her bloodied and hurt and walking away from this fire and for him to be like, oh shit, I almost lost her, then it's not just I lost my charge, my person that I'm supposed to be protecting. It's I almost lost her and I have feelings for her. So now they do feel like, you know, emotional towards each other.
0: And he knew exactly what happened to her by looking at her, which was and you could feel it like she doesn't need to explain what happened she doesn't need to explain that this guy pretty much wanted to make a child bride out of her and was attempting to rape her in in the process of right. asserting his authority because fucking christian leaders right but yeah they have so much on screen chemistry that they were able to explain that and just looks and it's just it's God, it's so fucking good. I'm so sad that the season finale is this week. And I almost wish, I almost wish that I hadn't watched any of it. Same. And I could watch all Ted or that I had only watched it for the first time leading up to like the second season. Out. It's so I know. good. It's so, so good. And then like, when you go back and I rewatched the first like five episodes with my cousin and his wife, when we were up in Seattle And like, you notice so much stuff the second, like watch through of it, like the way, so when they, they originally like, uh, pan to the, the doctor that they're going to bring to investigate, like the first host subject or the first victim of this, like everyone in there is eating some type of like wheat material. That's why they shot it in a restaurant. Right. Like, and then. You see, right. even when she goes like near the body that the this fungus is like reaching out to her as if it already recognizes her, as if she already has it. So she knows she's infected already. Like that the whole the underlying writing is just so incredible once you know what's like going to happen. It's just it's really well done. I, I don't know how people yeah. hate on the show at all. And if it's because of the gay stuff, like get oh, grow up, grow right. up. Like, that storyline between Frank and Bill was heartwarming. Like, it was absolutely heartwarming. My cousin, who was super, super, super straight, had tears in his eyes watching it. He was like, that Aww. was just lovely. And I was like, I know, right? Like, why are people losing their minds
1: over it? Right. Right. I love these filler backstory episodes. Oh, me too. Yeah. you for it. Yeah.
0: I've, like, tossed around the idea of going out and buying a PlayStation to play this game.
1: Me too. To see (laughs) what
0: happens.
1: (laughs) Just because I am so enthralled with the Mm -hmm. show and I'm like, I see all the TikToks of people talking about how great they're doing with the show, how close it is to the game, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, I... Well, that's because the
0: maker of the game, the writer of the game, is a writer on the show.
1: Oh, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I've never played a game that's had such in-depth storyline that I feel like I need to play this to, like, really feel it.
0: Um, I also have watched, um, I'm all caught up on Ted Lasso. Have you watched that show at all? No. Okay. Feel good show. Heartwarming. Very funny. And I don't like Jason Sudeikis very much. Like he's not my, I don't know. He's just, he's fine. He's whatever. I don't feel one way or another about him. He's really, really good in the show. And then I've also watched Shrinking. And I'm not a big fan of Jason Seagal either, but he's so good oh, in the him. show and the secondary. Cur- See, I think he gets too much hype for being super funny when I don't think he's that funny, but he's so good in the show. So, so good in the show. I it's think I Apple watched TV. him
1: kind of. That's why I've never seen these shows is because of Apple TV. Mm. I don't have it. Um, so I think I kind of watched him grow up a little bit and come into the actor he is now from other shows like Freaks and Geeks and you know like where he was younger and so that's why I like Jason Segal so much is that mm-hmm. like I've watched him you know get older and, and come into his own comedian
0: he's so good in shrinking and Harrison Ford's in it who is obviously phenomenal and Aaron has talked about on the podcast before which is what talked me into it because Aaron has never told me to watch a show that I haven't liked like if she I don't watch all the shows she yeah. recommends but if she tells me I guarantee you you will like this show then I believe her because she watches an extraordinary amount of TV so if I'm going to invest in something I need to know that I'm going to actually like it but yeah though shrinking if you guys haven't watched it on Apple TV and they're only the 30 minute episodes so they go by like real quick but this dude his wife died who he was very much in love with He has a 17 year old daughter and for the past year, he's been like going off the rails, sleeping with hookers, like, or sex workers doing Coke, like just absolutely losing it. He's also a therapist. So like he, in the process of him trying to heal, he kind of just starts telling his uh, patients like the truth convinces one to leave her husband Takes one who's got like anger management issues to MMA, like all this kind of crazy stuff. And Harrison Ford is like the owner of the practice, and it's kind of just like their journey together. of it, it, It's it's heartwarming. It's very sweet. It's very funny. It's very funny. That's There's a lot of good representation in it. There's a lot of different ethnicities in it and people in it, and like it's just it's very good. So,
1: so um, the very last thing I want to talk about before we end is. This case, so this teacher, um, and we're going to have to, yeah, we're going to have to follow along with this one and update you guys because it's, it's kind of in the middle um, of what's happening. Yes, this is my job. So (laughs) this teacher, um, she is like an, I want to say agriculture teacher because that's what it is here where I live, but it's like shop class. Um, it's um tools and, and woodworking and that kind of thing. I, I think it's like an industrial architect teacher. Yeah. So she works at a high school. Um, Her name is Kayla. I want to say Lemoy. It's like L-E-M-I-E-R-O-U-X. So I don't know how to pronounce it, but I want to say Lemoy. She has X, <laughs> maybe even Z, double Z boobs. She claims that because she is intersexed, that she is taking hormones to be female. And that caused her to have, uh, the term is something like gigantamastitis, mastitis, something like that, to where her boobs grew and they're natural. They are bigger than watermelons. They are oh my massive, gosh, they're massive, massive boobs. Uh no. Yeah, they're enormous. Yeah, they're not not natural looking. But she also dresses to kind of show them off a little bit. And she claims that she's just wearing what's comfortable for having ginormous boobs. So parents have been complaining and saying that teenagers shouldn't be subjected to this. And that it's distracting in the classroom. And that there needs to be a dress code. There hasn't been a need for a dress code in this school. For teachers. It's been for students, but not for teachers. So there's not like an actual dress code, a professionalism dress code for teachers in this school. So they're having a hard time coming up with what she should be wearing, you know? So they put her on administrative leave. Now a person out in town caught what they think is a picture of her out in town, dressed as a man without her boobs on. And they're saying that her boobs are a kind of like a fat suit. It's a prosthetic that she wears um, that is supposed to be for sexual reasons um, (laughs) that you can buy, you know, in a store to be a fetish, basically. So. (laughs) So she's on administrative leave while they um, investigate if this is her or not out in town uh, dressed as a man. She claims it's not. She claims she actually knows the person that they caught a picture of out in town and that um, that's not her. I'm going to post the pictures on our TikTok so that you guys can see um, Weekly Wind Down on TikTok. You can find us. It's real easy. And you guys can tell me what you think if you think that this picture of this man is her if you think that what she's wearing um to teach in a in a school full of teenagers is appropriate, I don't think it is. Um, she needs to at least because she can't find bras in her size, and that's why she doesn't wear bras. So her nipples are showing it's it's a it's a lot. Um, so you guys tell me what you think when you see the pictures and um email Jax or send us messages. You could comment on TikTok, you could send us messages on our Facebook, you can email Jax and just I have to be honest anything. when
0: you first told me about this story I was like oh god what kind of body shaming bullshit is this like this is ridiculous and then I saw her right like no this isn't yeah. and because they don't look re- if they looked real I think I would feel like wow that's just really unfortunate like I would immediately have breast because how do you even want how do you even walk around like that? Like genuinely, when you see these, these are the biggest things I've ever seen. Like how are, how's your back? Not just an extreme, any doctor would have, it would be covered under your insurance to get a breast reduction surgery. Like, and I'm not saying people should have to change their bodies. What I'm saying is as a female, I don't understand how this woman functions. This person functions with breast this size if they're real without being an excruciating pain all of the time so i don't know i i in my head before i saw it i was like oh body shaming and when i saw them, i was like these aren't even real like what is going on here so it feels like it's for attention
1: which, but she yeah. claims that they are absolutely real and they that it's a real. side effect of having to take the hormones to be she decided because she's intersexed um and people that don't understand that's um having male and female mm-hmm. um sex organs so that you she could basically decide and she decided that she was female so she took the hormones to make her you know 100% female yeah. and she claims that it was a side effect but also the nipples really do it for me yeah. i feel like the nipples being out and and obvious is kind of like the tipping it over the Even line. Even
0: if it were true, and I'm not saying that she's not intersex, she very well could be, and it could very well be a side effect of hormones to increase breast size. I find that hard to believe just because you would start taking those hormones at a very young age mm-hmm. and a doctor would still, if they were naturally caused, a doctor would still recommend breast reductions. There's no way this woman isn't in pain every minute of Every single day of her life. There's just no way. Also,
1: I feel like it would be so easy for her to, if she, you know, she says it's a privacy issue and she doesn't want to show her life. But it would be so easy to show pictures of her growing up Mm -hmm. and showing her boob size, you know, in her 20s or whatever. Because she's
0: already put herself out there, right? Like, she's already making this a story. So... Right. Yeah, I, I was fully like, what kind of fucking patriarchy bullshit is this? And then I was like, oh no, this is this is whack.
1: Yeah, whack. It's the pictures will blow your whack, mind. Whack, patty if you think whack. that it's just a, if you think it's just a teacher with big boobs, it's not. It's it's a little bit outrageous.
0: Whatever you think big boobs are, double that in your head. Right. <laughs> and then like, it's I would even venture to say it's like two watermelons lined up.
1: Each boot. Right. Yeah. Each right. Boot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: All right. <laughs> what are you obsessed with this,
1: this week? This, this, um, this week. This week, I um did not get to read my book. Um, I was busy. Softball season just started. So I actually have my book lined up that I'm going to read this week and review on the next podcast. It is by Chevy Stevens. Um, It's called these Those Girls. It is, I will read you the back really quickly, and then I will review it next week. Life has never been easy for the three Campbell sisters. Jess, Courtney, and Donnie live in a remote ranch in Western Canada where they work hard and try to stay out of the way of their father's temper. One night a fight gets out of hand, and the sisters are forced to go on the run, only to get caught in an even worse nightmare when their truck breaks down in a small town. As events spiral out of control, they find themselves in a horrifying situation and are left with no choice but to change their names and create new lives. 18 years later, they are trying to forget what happened that summer. But when one of the sisters goes missing, followed closely by her niece, they are pulled back into the past. And this time, there's nowhere left to run. Um, So, hoping it's going to be kind of an easy read. It has fantastic reviews. Like, just overwhelming reviews um, online. So, it's supposed to have twists and turns that you don't see coming. So, I will read that this week and let you guys know if you should Give it a read.
0: I haven't read anything this week because work has been. So I've just been listening to uh, podcasts. So I don't have anything. In... Although, let's talk about it for a second. <laughs> I didn't even know this was going on until I was listening to this one podcast and they do like a pop culture like snippet. Haley Bieber and Selena Gomez, like, It's kind of wild, right? Like, I know who Selena Gomez is, obviously, because she's Taylor Swift's best friend. Like, Hayley Bieber, had to look up, didn't know she existed, like, in the world. Um, Honestly, I forget that Justin Bieber exists in the world. I was never... I think I'm a little bit too old for, like, when Bieber was really popular. So I just never... Some of his songs, I think, are really good. I just was never in that, like, fandom of people. But... What this particular podcast was talking about, which was kind of wild, was how much Haley Bieber has copied Selena Gomez over the years, like down to tattoos. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Like she got uh, the same tattoo as her. And like when you look at interviews that Selena has given, um, Haley Bieber in interviews says almost verbatim the same thing, which is kind of wild. So it it was almost bordering on like single white female kind of vibes. like, Haley, are you obsessed with Selena or are you like into Justin? And it, it like it they went all the way back as like, um Haley Bieber used to be. Uh, like a a Jelena I guess is what Justin and Selena's like couple name was she was like a stan of theirs so she'd post things on Twitter and stuff talking about how they're so cute together and yada 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 and then Kylie Jenner kind of set her up and made sure that Selena was out of town so that Justin could cheat on Selena with Haley and like it all kind of unfolded from there and um I don't, I don't know if any of that's true. Listen, I've listened to exactly like 15 minutes of this. I have no idea. But then, so how this like latest riff started was Selena had posted something about like her eyebrows online on TikTok and Kylie Jenner and Hailey Bieber made kind of like Weird references to her making fun of her, essentially, for her eyebrows. And for those that don't know, Selena Gomez suffers from lupus. So she talks pretty openly about like um the way her body changes and like the way her the her face changes and like all these things that kind of happen to her body because of her autoimmune disease, it causes a lot of water retention, it causes a lot of flare-ups, it causes a lot of physical impacts on her that she's pretty open about sharing. And so to make fun of her for that was kind of like. It's low-hanging fruit bro like <laughs> it's kind of a dick yeah. thing to do right yeah. and kylie jenner or kendall i don't know they all, are, are they the same person i don't know they went online and they all are yeah i don't know yeah <laughs> i mean they're all cut from the same cloth so one of them i'm doing a terrible job of explaining this story went online and was like i would never make fun of selena blah 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 and so it was like yeah we're good don't worry about it and then one of them posted a video of Haley bieber mocking taylor swift and then selena got on and was like sorry if my best friend's one of the best in the game and i guess then this blew up where these girls are like fighting and then all this stuff came up about how Haley's like obsessed with selena like obsessed with her and okay like,
1: i'm gonna go down this rabbit hole we're gonna talk about this next week
0: you should okay. because I, I don't get sucked into this, this stuff too often, but it was more like, does Selena need protection from this girl? Because this yeah. is
1: wild, wild. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and we're going to find Good, out. All because the I don't want to. So. Okay. Got you. <laughs> I got you. But also like from,
0: again, one perspective from one snippet of a podcast, it kind of felt like Why are you guys attacking this girl? Like, she was staying in her lane. She wasn't bothering any of you. And you went after her, knocking her for lupus? Like, that's super fucked up. Sure. Super fucked up. And Selena Gomez, from everything I've seen of her, and I'm not a Selena stan, so I don't know. But everything I've seen of her, she seems like a pretty genuine, nice person. Like, I don't know why you would. I mean, she's got Disney clout. Yeah. She's got Disney clout. Like, right? who are you, Haley? Baldwin. You you have kind of a famous dad. I don't know. Go down the rabbit hole for me because I don't want to.
1: I got to. <laughs>
0: All right. So that's it for us this week. We didn't even talk about politics. I know. I'm so excited.
1: Yay! <laughs> Mitch
0: McConnell's in the hospital. Fingers crossed. Uh, thoughts and prayers, Mitch. Hope you make a I, I I hope you don't die. How about that? I hope you don't die and retire. I hope you retire, but don't die. I do (laughs) want, if I had the other Stacey on here, we would, I would talk about this week, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene made absolute fools of themselves trying to sound smart in their like um, committee hearings. And they sounded like absolute bubbling and fumbling idiots, but it would be like talking to myself. So I'm not going to do that right now.
1: <laughs> right. Save it for next week because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Have a good weekend, everyone. yeah Bye. Have the weekend available to you, not this weekend, weekend you available. To you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't have the
0: weekend. You deserve,
1: please. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Mom.
0: Fierce Fem Media.